and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. This is episode 158 of the Less Doing Podcast. Welcome back. The Less Doing Podcast pulls together the top experts in the industry to help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life so you can start doing the things you really want to do. Again, what if you could reclaim your time back and make everything in life easier? What would you do? Who would you spend it with? Less Doing is about you. It's the easiest way to learn and implement a huge amount of productivity into your life. Whether you're a crazy busy business owner a tired executive in a large company, or a stressed-out soccer mom, we've brought it all together for you to help you overcome the overwhelm in your life. From the latest how-tos and actual tips on becoming more productive, sign up for the new newsletter found at lessdoing.com. If you want to dive in deeper, grab a copy of my book, Less Doing, More Living, on Amazon. Or sign up for a real coaching call to see if you're a good fit for one of my quarterly masterminds and boot camps. The first call is totally free, and you get a ton of actual tips to make everything in life easier again. Just head over to lessdoingcall.com to book your call. So the first link I want to tell you about today, before we get to the interview, is about Ringer. So this is changing the way that I am interviewing for pot, people for podcasts. So it's Ringer, R-A-N-G-R. And what it is, it's an iPhone and an Android app, and you you download it, and then you have the other person download it as well. And the process is very, very simple. So I was a little bit hesitant that I was going to have to ask somebody to download something new, but it was totally seamless. And what's so simple and so great about it is it records the audio separately on either side of the conversation. And then when you're done and you hang up, it merges them on their server, and they send you one complete file of the two things. Now, for people who don't do podcasting or interviews regularly, that may not seem like a big deal. But it's a huge deal because, first of all, when you're recording somebody else's audio on your side, you have to deal with the compression that's happening through through the internet, you know, you're, you're basically getting the, the horn end of what's happening on their side. Whereas the, the microphone on the iPhone is actually very good and also on the Android. So if you're recording locally, the sound quality is going to be much better. And I'm sure if you've done this before, even on Skype, you've probably noticed that your audio quality was really good while the other person's was not as good. So what this does is it records yours and it records theirs and then it merges them together in perfect timing. And the other thing that's nice about that is that if you've ever been on a Skype call and you're talking and the person suddenly like cuts out or like, eh, you know, like weird noises, that doesn't matter because that's all you're hearing. But you're actually going to get the clean recording from their end. So it is without a doubt the best quality recording I've had with any interviews I've done. And it literally sounds like you're sitting in the same room. So I couldn't recommend it strongly enough. Now, the next one is 33Vincent, which is a funny name, but it's a virtual assistant service, and they say virtual assistants supercharged. So I always like when I see this kind of thing where you have higher and higher levels of competency in virtual assistants. So this is a high-level flexible alternative for hiring for startups, sales teams, and executive teams. And what they're claiming is that they have virtual assistants that can do more, and maybe they're smarter than the average bear. So if you have the need for client-facing support or customer service, uh, high-level travel management, proactive activity, you know, that's a big one that you look for with people that are a higher level is you want them to be proactive. 
then this may be a, a good option for you. So check out 33 Vincent. Uh, the next one is called Hey Yo, and uh, this is pretty cool. Basically, what it does is it allows you to buy things through a Facebook post. So you can post something that's like a digital product, for example, like a, an ebook or a, an audio download or something like that, and you post it on Facebook, and people just have to say buy in the comments, and then the cart thing takes care of the rest. So they say buy, and then they get a pop-up or it gets taken to a place to actually pay for it. So that's pretty cool since people are spending a ton of time on Facebook, and this is, you know, it, I think this is pretty interesting. You, you try this out and see if this makes it more seamless for people to buy things from you. Really, really cool. So the next one is called uh, Prunto. And I, I really got into, like, this growth hacking thing now, which I I, I think is is great uh it, it's it's just a a way to get uh, honestly what growth hacking is to me is a way to get your word out to more people that's all if they end up buying things and paying for them that's fine but it, it's really just about getting people to to hear your message more which i think everybody can get on board with so prunto basically provides video and audio and text uh chat assistance to your website so there's other services that do this and offer like chat support but these actually they, they claim that they can provide salespeople and customer service people for you on demand which is pretty pretty amazing so eventually what basically what happens is you get a little box on the lower right side of your website and it says click to chat and then it'll pop up and either by again by voice video or chat somebody can provide uh, customer service or sales right there where the customer is and that, that can really help boost boost your sales honestly uh so the next one is called complete and this is like autocomplete for Gmail. So if you, you you install this and it's it analyzes your Gmail account, it builds sort of a unique profile, and then as you type, it will fill out the word for you, and you can just hit the uh, tab key to to accept the word and move on. I, I played around with this, and it was a little bit awkward at first, but after using it for like an hour or so. I was writing things much faster, so it's definitely worth a try. You know, any one of the ways that people can deal with getting to inbox zero better is to be more efficient at email honestly it's not just about getting less email it's also about being better at it so this is one way to train yourself or not even train yourself but just to write emails much faster i, I do recommend checking it out uh so and the next one is called uh the intro bar and if you ever go to like a website uh for instance you see this a lot where like you might go to a website and then there'll be a bar a, a top bar pop up that says like oh hey TechCrunch visitor thanks for coming here's a special coupon code so basically what you can do is you can offer visitors custom intros based on where they came from so that's really cool so for example if you know that you're going to be covered in wired magazine or on huffington post then you could say have a special thing that anybody that comes to you from huffington post it's like hey Huffington Post reader, like, thanks so much for visiting. Here's a special deal. I think it's a really, it's a nice way to sort of personalize things and, and maybe get some more user interaction. So that's, I think it's great. Uh, and then the last one, yeah, this is, this is one of those things where I wish so badly that I had a need for this that I could justify buying it. It's not that expensive, it's just, relatively speaking. It's just, I don't, I really don't need it. It's a new drone camera called Lily. And this is, it's so cool. You have a little like dongle, like a keychain that you put in your pocket. You throw Lily in the air or in the water. It's waterproof. And it flies and it will follow you and film you. It can also lead ahead of you or it can also circle around you. Completely automatic. It'll do 20 minutes of flight time. It does 108, uh, 1080p HD videos. 
and even slow motion and stills. But it, it it couldn't be easier to have a drone. So whether you're by yourself and you want to get like this cool footage of you jumping off a cliff with a with a parachute, hopefully, or you're with a group of friends and you want to get the ultimate selfie, Lily is one of the coolest things I think I've ever seen. Anyway, so I hope you enjoy those links and uh, experience some of them. And especially if somebody tries out 33 Vincent, I'd love to hear their experience. Now, enjoy today's interview, which is with Marie Forleo. And Marie and I have known each other for years. She is a wonderful personality, a wonderful energy, and she has just helped so many people take their small businesses to the next level and enjoy freedom and happiness and all sorts of stuff. And she's just she's just so much fun to talk to. And I, I really hope you enjoy this. So check out Marie, and this is Less Doing Podcast. And now for Feature Interview. Now I'm speaking with Marie Forleo, who is the host and creator of Marie TV and the founder of MarieForleo.com. So Marie, thank you so much for being on the call here with me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Great to be here. So I want to I want to start with a little bit of your background because the the first sort of media that I've found that I've seen of you is is exercise videos. Yes. You know, um, that was back in the day. And before that, I mean, we can take it way back, but I, I started my coaching practice as a life coach when I was the ripe old age of 23. Yeah. And um, it was fantastic. It was uh, a kind of bold move, but I remember even rolling my eyes at myself because the logical part of my brain was like, well, who the heck is going to hire a 23-year-old life coach? You haven't even lived much of life yet. But on a deeper level, I couldn't deny that something in my soul felt like this was what I was supposed to be doing. Um, And through the process of not only training to become a life coach and then actually working with practice clients and then working with real clients, I made the discovery that I just didn't want to be only a coach. I had always had multiple passions. I always had multiple interests. And one of the things that plagued me for years was the conventional wisdom that you have to choose one thing to be in life, you know, and when I read those classic books about how to figure out, you know, who you're supposed to be when you grow up, like, I think it was, what color is your parachute? And, you know, there's lots of business books, and all the wisdom seemed to point in one direction, which was to make a choice, choose something, stick with it, you know, become an expert at it. And, you know, maybe in 10 years or so, you'll be successful, quote, unquote, and well known and happy and all that jazz. But that advice never sat right with me because anytime I tried to declare the one thing that I wanted to be, for example, I am only a life coach, it felt like I was cutting off a limb. And uh, since I was probably, I don't know, super, super tiny, I've always loved dancing and I always loved fitness. I remember moonwalking across my parents' linoleum kitchen floor in New Jersey, yeah, um, wearing my white socks. Exactly. That's, I mean, that was, that was, you know, that was my groove. That was my jam, me and Michael Jackson and Thriller. <laughs> and, uh, when I was a teenager, I was obsessed, you know, again, I grew up on the Jersey shore, so this should not be that much of a surprise for anyone who's familiar with that culture. Um, you know, I used to go to like gold gym and I would like lift weights and be super into like fitness and working out. And so after I had been coaching for just a little bit, I was like, gosh, you know, I really love dance. I really love fitness. Why can't I do that as well? And so thankfully, I finally let go of all the conventional wisdom, stopped reading all the books that told me things that were absolutely wise, but just not right for me at that point in my life. And um, 
went and, uh, you know, actually started taking dance classes at the gym, which was Crunch, my local gym in New York City. And uh, I never had any formal dance training, but my teachers in those classes were like, wow, you're really good. I was kind of like front row mafia. And they said, <laughs> you should audition and, and start teaching. And I was like, really? I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know anything. You know, I've never taken a formal dance class in my life. I don't, you know, I'm only self-taught. So long story short, I wound up auditioning and I was terrified and I got hired to teach. And then maybe in like my second, and I was teaching hip hop because that's my favorite um, kind of genre of music. And uh, my second class, hardly knew what I was doing, completely terrified, just trying to get through it. Um, There was a producer from MTV that was in the back of my class and she was like, wow, you're really good. Would you ever, you know, I I work at MTV and we have this spot open for a choreographer slash producer. Would you want to come in? And I was like, whoa, like it was so mind blowing. Um, and out of that, it just kind of started to snowball where, uh, I did the show and then I started to get offers to do fitness videos and to create them and to lead them. And I did backup in some. And so that was really, um, an exciting time in my life. And if you go into a target or a Walmart, you might see me on a really cheesy cover with a huge grin on my face, uh, for dance off the inches or, you know, crunch and, or dance yourself thin or a couple of the ones that I did, which are awesome. Yeah, no, and they actually are really awesome. And it, it's not, I mean, it, this this is very relevant to what I want to talk about with you. But uh, you may not know that. Well, you probably don't know this. A lot of people don't know this. But I used to teach a cardio class at my uh, my wife's yoga studio. And it was honestly like one of the most fun things I ever got to do. Oh, I didn't know that. But it is really fun. You know, even when I go and take a, I was just doing a soul cycle class yesterday. And it's just there's something so wonderful, I think, about group fitness in general, about that community of like pushing yourselves and sweating next to people and music and just making a fool out of yourself. And, you and know, hopefully if, laughing a little bit. Oh, a hundred, if you don't laugh, you're really you're, you're in for it. You got to have a good time. But yeah, there, there is something special. And I think also given what I do now, um, both in the sense where so much of our content is video based and also so much of my content is supporting people in going past what they perceive to be their own limitations and giving themselves experiments, you know, a chance to push themselves harder and go to that next level. It's like, there's a lot of parallels. Yeah. Okay. So you sort of almost like just presented the question that I want to ask you about, which is that your, your personality comes out so much and so well, and there's like this transfer of energy when you read your stuff or watch your stuff. And so that's the, the first thing, which is important. But the other one is that you're able to produce so much content it's amazing. I mean, your videos alone, it's really, it's, it, it's mind boggling to me. Oh, are you making, first of all, thank you. Um, I really appreciate that. And I will be completely transparent that in my own mind, and I think perhaps this is true for all of us or many of us, you know, I can be my own worst enemy where I have the conversation in my head and I, I work really hard on a consistent basis not to give it too much attention or give it too much focus or listen um, too often. But, you know, in my own head, I beat myself up going like, I don't create enough. You know, like I, there are so many ideas and so many things that are kind of in my own pipeline of stuff that I want to put out there. And I have to really, really manage my internal self-talk to not beat myself up for going, not going faster or creating more. So I just want to thank you for that, um, vote of, uh, confirmation on the other side of the conversation, which is of course a lot more healthy. (laughs) Well, I, you know, so now you're touching on my wheelhouse, honestly, which is dealing 
dealing with people who uh, either are not productive or are really productive but don't realize how productive they are. So uh, you are damn productive as far as I can tell. And, um, and But again, it's also – it's one thing – like there's a bunch of uh, sort of guru types. I'm not saying you are, but there's a bunch of like guru types that will uh, sort of build up their content that they want to get out. And then, you know, once a quarter or once a year, whatever, they get in a video studio and they just bang it all out in like a day or two. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously that's not what you're doing. And your stuff just it's so first of all, it's very, very professionally done all the video. But it's it's just like the hero's journey kind of like comes out with the way that you kind of present yourself. Oh, thank you. We have a lot of fun and it's interesting, you know, for anyone who creates anything, you're creating a business, um, you're helping to raise a family, you're a writer, you're a fine artist. It's, it's fascinating because, um, you know, the process of creation is not easy. And I think sometimes, especially in the business world, we can get caught up in wanting things to be really useful. And I'm certainly a person who's always like, okay, how can I make this actionable? How can I make sure that my audience has takeaway value? But I also try really hard to retain and to put as much of a spotlight on the act of creation as fun. And we have so much fun on set. We have so much fun when we write. We have so much fun even in post-production, you know, when we're kind of refining things and putting things together and and stuff like that. And it's, it's a really, I think it's a powerful point for for all of us to remember, you know, sometimes I'll have, uh, and you know, people will comment on the blog or they'll write in, they'll say, gosh, Marie, you know, you're pretty great, but you're just a little too much. Or I really think that those funny bits in the beginning, it like takes away from your authority and your professionalism. And while I so respect that everyone has a right to their opinion, what those people fail to understand is that I actually do a portion of my work for me and I get joy out of creating. I get joy out of the silly bits. I get joy out of some of the wild things that we do. And I think that we cannot diminish the value of joy and of creativity and of feeding that to ourselves in addition to creating something that's of service to the world as well. Yeah. And, and, and again, I mean, you can, uh, at least from, from where I'm sitting, like you can really see that come through, which I think is just, is just great. So how do you how do you go from you know exercise videos to coaching to then being on the stage with Oprah and yeah. and being like in arm in arm with Branson? I mean, that's a big that's a big jump. Yeah, it's uh well one of the things is you know for about six or seven years at the beginning of my journey you know when I first started my life coaching practice it wasn't profitable from the get-go. You know, I was bartending at night. I was waiting tables. I was being a personal assistant. I was doing everything that you could possibly do to make money so that I could figure out how to grow a business during the day. Because as most of us know, they don't really teach that in school. Uh-uh. And, you know, fitness and dance came into my life and it became not only um, an expression of my creativity and something I was passionate about, but it was also another revenue stream. So, you know, it became like, oh, wow, this is like another piece of my quote unquote business. And I use that term very loosely in those days because it was all such a big mumbo jumbo. But again, I was making money. I was really happy. I was really busy. And it got to a point where I started to really recognize that I had coaching clients and that was going well. I was creating content in the form of an email email newsletter, which in those days was very novel, <laughs> completely new. You know, we're talking like early 2000s, right? 2003, 2004, 2005 wasn't nearly what it is today. And 
I started getting questions from people that I would meet in fitness classes and even people that I would meet just at networking events or social, you know, parties or whatever. And they're like, gosh, how do you have this business and you do this dance thing and you're all over the place, but you seem really happy and it's actually working. And I started to really understand that one, a lot of people didn't get marketing. You know what I mean? They didn't really understand this new world of digital marketing and understand that you could touch people all around the world and you could really get your ideas out there in such a way that made an impact and you didn't have to be like a snake oils used car salesman kind of person to do it. Um, the more and more I started getting out and learning about online business, I also recognized that there was this huge gap in the marketplace at this time. Um, I want to say this before I preface what I'm about to say. I love men. I, I love every human being. But I was like, wow, 99.9% of these kind of small business events and online marketing events were run by men. There was all men on the stages. There was kind of no female presence. It just felt a bit unbalanced. And there was this, um, what I perceived from my viewpoint, uh, there was kind of a lack of soulfulness in the business teaching. And I was like, goodness, I feel like there's this whole other realm of possibility about what business is, what it can mean in the world, how it can be a force for good, and how you can really use it as a vehicle to express the highest pieces and parts of yourself that you want to express and touch your customers with. Like they're not just people that you want to turn upside down and shake all their money out of and squeeze every drop of profit possible. Like it just, that did not resonate with who I am and what I believe. And so it came to a point where I was like, okay, I've got all this fitness stuff. It's great. I have a contract with Nike and I was flying around the world with them teaching, um, this thing called the Nike rockstar workout. I had a thriving coaching practice, but I realized I looked at my lifestyle and I said, you know, one of my goals and missions in life is to make uh, as big of a positive impact as I can, meaning to positively touch as many lives as I can. And I also want to be location independent. And uh, Ari, you know my man, Josh, because we've all mm-hmm. met yep. each other before. He's an actor. And oftentimes he would um, you know, be working on a film in a different city and say, Marie, come with me. And I could never say yes because I had like five hip hop classes and two bar shifts. And like, you know, it was just my life was so landlocked that it came a point and I said, okay, based on my own ambitions, my own vision for how I want my life to be, location independent, huge impact. And also, I didn't really envision myself necessarily teaching hip hop into my 50s and 60s. I was like, okay, I need to make a choice in terms of longevity. So I shifted all of my attention to my online coaching practice and my coaching business and really started to explore um, this possibility of, wow, I feel like there's this huge gap in how we're talking about business, how we're talking about modern business and marketing. And I really think I can do a great job at it because at the core I'm really a teacher. I love to teach. I love information. I love learning. I'm always a student first. And I love to be able to pass on ideas um, and share concepts or possibilities that I find intriguing and useful and deserving of attention. So I made that transition. And that's how everything really started to take off. So it was sad to say goodbye to fitness. But I knew that music and dance and movement would always be a part of my life. It would just have to find a new expression. And I didn't necessarily have to use it as an income stream any longer. And so once that kind of attention and focus came, then came these opportunities with, you know, incredible people like Richard Branson, and then eventually, you know, getting to be interviewed by Oprah, which is kind of just one of those moments in life where I still almost don't believe it. It's like, did that really happen? I have to watch the video to make sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and, and again, not to like beat a dead horse, but I do, you know, you said music and dance always be part of your life. I, I still I, I've 
always feel like that kind of comes through. Not kind of mm. that does come through in your videos that there's there's always just like animation, basically, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Well, I think so many of us, right, and especially in business and in today's world, and as technology continues to take over, meaning there's so much of it around us always, I find that the more we can get into our bodies and be in our bodies and not live from the neck up, so much of our creativity and our humanity and our heart and our productivity exists like in our actual bodies. And so the more I can kind of shine a light on that aspect and bring it into our lives, I think it, you know, it helps me on a daily basis. So if it can just provide an iota of support to anyone in our audience, I feel like I've done a good thing. Oh, absolutely. So, so speaking of creativity and daily basis and everything, what is, what is your sort of daily routine look like? And, you know, in terms of how you go about your, your practice and everything? Yeah, it's actually, it varies, you know? Um, so meditation is something that I learned when I was 17. I went to uh, Seton Hall University in New Jersey, and I had the extraordinary pleasure of a teacher named Claire Diab, and she taught this class that was completely based on Deepak Chopra's Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, and it was my first introduction to meditation. And uh, I did it like in college; it was really amazing. Then I fell off the wagon when I was kind of in a party state in my twenties, and then I got back on it. Um, and so for me, ten minutes in the morning is pretty much a must. You know, there's a day here and there where I'm, where maybe I'll miss depending on what's happening, but um, I can feel it. And sometimes I'll make up for it in the afternoon, you know, or, or in the evening. Um, most days, then it's a bit of green juice. Um, and then trying to fit in a workout. And when I say trying, I, you know, in all honesty, like last week, we were in heavy, heavy production where I had to be in kind of hair and makeup by 7am. And I knew I'd be shooting until 7pm. And it's not just like sitting around and waiting. It's like, I'm actually working all of those hours. I'm not getting up at 4am to go take a spin class. It's just not going to (laughs) happen because I know the level of energy that I'm putting out during the day and I want myself to be fresh and I'm not going to adhere to some idea. Do you know what I mean? Of like, oh, I must work out every single day when I know I take care of myself and I, I know I need to kind of almost preserve energy to be able to perform my best. But like this week, I'm not shooting. So it's like, oh, I'm in Soul Cycle every day and it's great. So there's always those components, but it does shift around a bit depending on how I feel depending on what my schedule is and um, just kind of riding the rhythm of my life. If that makes, that makes sense. Uh, it makes total sense. Absolutely. And, and yeah, and I, I get that completely. Cause I mean, I, so I exercise every single day. It is a requirement for me, but on some days that could mean doing five push ups, and that, that is my exercise, yes. but it's just like a baseline for me. You know, I need to be able to tell myself I exercised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. And it's like when even when we're shooting, like last week when I was saying like I'm not going to get up at 4 a.m. and go do a spin class, it's like in the middle of shooting, we have dance breaks. <laughs> you know, like we <laughs> play really loud music and I'm jamming it out between takes. So Very that, Tony Robbins of you. Oh, yeah. It's uh it's kind of it's also very Marie Forleo because that's <laughs> something I've been doing ever since I was, you know, a tiny little girl. My mom actually laughed. She's like, "You're just as crazy now as when you were 5." It's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's good in itself. Um, and so, I mean, do you do much writing? Uh, do you spend a lot of time writing? I do. I mean, I write 
every day. It's not like I sit down. Sometimes I will sit down and light the candle and, you know, shut off the world and sit there with my little crystals and do that. If that's how the kind of spirit strikes me. And other times it's like, dude, I'm sitting in bed. I got my cup of mate. I'm like, I need to crank out some content. And I have like two hours and I just do it. But I feel like I'm always, always writing, whether I'm responding to proposals from my team, I'm like, you know, looking at something I wrote another day, and I'm tweaking that copy, I'm working on ideas for Marie TV, I'm working on new content for a new product, I I am constantly, constantly writing, but it's not like a writing ritual where it happens the same every day. Again, I feel like um, earlier in my career, I thrived because I was doing a bunch of different things between bartending and coaching and the dance and the fitness and, you know, choreographing these routines. And now I have just as much variety, um, but it's kind of all under one more focused umbrella. So every day is a bit different. And I think that's, um, that's good for me because if I got into a rut and I know that work and I, by the way, some people they will thrive with that ritual of like every day I sit down and from nine to 11, I write and no one disturbs me and they're cranking it out. And that is awesome. And I I not only admire those people, I like cheer them on because I think that is remarkable Um, for me and my particular DNA of loving variety. This rhythm works for me. Yeah, no. And that makes a ton of sense for me, too. I, I write sort of uh, completely different times. There was and I never remember her name. I got to find this. But there's some author who said that she used to go and sit in front of her typewriter for like five hours every morning, not because she had so much to say, but just in case something happened. I love it. <laughs> so it's yeah, um, there's that way of approaching it. And then there's the other one. It's just sort of like whatever sort of moves you to do it. So yeah, well, we do have though to be, you know, to be transparent, like there are and this is kind of magical too. And I always whenever I'm in a state of going like, hmm, just getting interested in my own creative process, looking yeah. at it hopefully from an objective standpoint to see like, oh, can I tweak something? Can I use something that works for me in another way? When we sit down to write Marie TV, you know, I have booked out writing days where it's literally no everybody knows like don't basically unavailable from 10 a.m until 6 p.m like i will not pick up a phone i will you have to really you know come and knock on the door because it better be an emergency otherwise it's just these are these days and i always kind of marvel at it because um no matter what the stuff gets done and sometimes if i'm working on another project like a like a idea for a book or something like that. I'm like, wow, it's such a different process. I have somehow constructed in my mind when I'm writing Marie TV, the stuff gets cranked out and it happens. But other times if I'm working on a different project, it has its own life cycle. Like it, it will not be willed into being, so to speak. So it's fascinating. Yeah, no, and that, I mean, that's amazing. So, uh, one thing that I'm, I'm specifically curious about is, uh, is there any kind of like specific diet stuff that you think that sort of fuels you? Yes. Because yeah. um, you mentioned the green juice, so that's why I wanted to ask. Absolutely. Certainly with the green juice, very important water, like as much water as possible, very important. But this is something that um, my extraordinarily very healthy um, plant-based friends, um, they'll cringe when I say this. And I love them because they've all supported me in trying to, to get off it. But Josh, Josh has made a discovery in our life. And he's like, you know, if you don't have cheese and pasta on a semi-regular basis, meaning, you know, maybe like a good 
helping. And it's, again, there's not like a, oh my God, must have cheese and pasta once a week or once a day. It's not like that. But if I ever got so rigid where I'm like, oh, dairy's bad, or you know what I mean? I should really lay off those, that, that bucatini, a matriziana. I'm not a happy person. I'm Italian. I love food. The other night, Josh and I went out for, um, dinner and I just had the best pasta and a little bit of burrata. And can I tell you, Ari, I just came home with so much joy in my heart. (laughs) So I try to eat super, super, super healthy, meaning a lot of vegetables and stuff. But when my body is craving that pasta and that bit of cheese and that bottle of wine, I enjoy it without guilt at all. So I'm I'm actually really glad that you said that because it took a little while, I feel like. I was always very honest about this, but it took a while for me to not feel like almost apologetic when I would mention that I eat things that have gluten in them or dairy. Um, And I was at, uh, last week, I was in Napa at a a conference that I was speaking at, and they took the speakers to a cooking class at a restaurant, and we made pizza. And And first of all, it was like the most amazing pizza I, I've ever had. And we had fresh, fresh, fresh burrata on it. Oh. And, uh, but he, we're making the flour, we're making the dough, and he's like, this is a double zero flour. Does anyone know what that is? And someone was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's super fine. He's like, yeah, it's super fine, and it is super, super gluteny. And we're like, okay, cool. And it was super, super delicious. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's the kind of thing where it's like enjoy it. Enjoy it with people. Enjoy the experience of eating. And, you know, if that's like an 80-20 in your life, that's fine. But um, I absolutely, I have a really amazing bowl of pasta probably every couple weeks because, honestly, that's just like how I crave it. But Yes, exactly. And I think, you know, for and I have so many friends in my life and folks who cannot because they have celiac. You know, there are specific things and they can't. And even like for them, they're like, Marie, dude, if you can have it, have the pasta. I'm like, absolutely. I will take one for the team and it's awesome. (laughs) But I've also done some investigation and, you know, I've had blood panels done and, you know, different things to understand how my body reacts to certain foods. And uh, from the research that I've done thus far, you know, a Mediterranean type of diet for me actually works really well. And my body agrees with it. So I don't have those negative um, kind of reactions. And when I look at myself from a performance standpoint, and from a joy and happiness standpoint, um, my body really does tell me what it needs. And there are times when it wants that piece of bread. And there are absolutely times when it's like, it is all about the greens and all about the, you know, raw veggies and this, that and the other thing. So I really just try and go within and listen. Yeah, so I'm actually I'm really glad that I asked you that question. So that was that was a a, a, a very helpful answer. Um, okay, so so the last question that I always like to ask on the interviews is, uh, and you can interpret this however you like, but sure. what what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? One is to recognize that priorities equal prosperity. And when I say prosperity, I don't mean only in the financial sense. I mean in the sense of living a rich life. So you have to know what's most important to you. And that may shift and change over the week, over the month, and certainly over your lifetime as your seasons change. But be clear on those priorities and don't apologize about it and don't lie to yourself. You know, really match up what you say is important and what you do. The second thing is, Probably one of the most simple habits is um, to be more effective before you end your workday. Really take a look at what you have to do tomorrow and outline what are the important things that must get done. And, you know, really knowing what those are and making sure that you understand your calendar, your appointments, all that good stuff. And then I think the third thing in order to be more effective is really get better at saying no. 
I think for everyone, we can get seduced into whether it's, you know, wanting to be nice or wanting to be liked, or, you know, as you gain more opportunities and success, more seems to come to you and you just feel like you need to gobble it up while you're going to go way into obscurity. And I don't think that that's true at all. You know, we can even have a little bit of that with social media, feeling like you always need to be on. And I think it's actually the opposite. It's like training yourself to say no, say no, put down the phone. You don't need to take a picture of everything you eat and post it. You don't need to write about everything that happens in your life. You actually need to say no to more of the things that everyone says you should do and say yes to the things that are important to you and really, you know, be critical about uh, following the herd. Yeah, you, you just bang those out. Those are great. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, well, cool. Okay, so where is the best place for people to find out more about you and, and follow all your great stuff and maybe even work with you? Oh, awesome. Well, the all of our shows that we've done, I think it's over like 230 episodes so far. They're all on marieforleo.com. So it's M-A-R-I-E-F-O-R-L-E-O.com. And on Twitter, I'm at Marie Forleo. And on Facebook, I'm over there too. It's all pretty consistent. Awesome. Well, have you ever visited marie.tv by any chance? Um, marie.tv. I don't know if I have. <laughs> Just black page comes up and it says, all your Marie are belong to me. Oh, I should <laughs> visit that. That's really cool. <laughs> com. I think that's like just miss common. Like everyone likes to call me Maria, which is fine. It's my alter ego that when I get really nasty and bitchy, that's Maria. Yeah, no, but it's kind of like Maria. Um, but yeah, I will go visit that page yeah. and see what it's about. So, okay. Well, Marie, thank you. That was awesome. That was, uh, that was amazing. So thank you so much. And uh, I'm sure I'll see you soon. Thank you. Pleasure to be on. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing Podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we'd love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell, and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.